801 on a Thursday. Happy Thursday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. This unlicensed music has words. I didn't realize that. Is this French pop from the 80s? It might be. What did you actually punch in for? 80s. 80s. Yeah, this is awesome. I thought I was like, is it is the is this Fletch 2? What's going on here? No, this is something that you hear on French Kiss back in the day. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. There was like three artists. It was like Mitsu. Mitsu. Rock yeah. Voisin. I like how you went to Fletch 2 right away. Not even the first one. Like, specifically Fletch 2. Yeah. That was your first choice. Fletch 2 uh, was called Fletch Lives. They're going to make a new Fletch, I think. Are they? They've been talking about it forever. Wow. Who's the guy uh, on uh, Mad Men? Uh, what's his name? John Hamm? John Hamm, I think, is going to be Fletch. Really? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is John Hamm, I guess he's kind of comedic. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I just you think of him as Mad Men. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a necessarily like humorous comedic role. He's right? skipped right. the dishes for me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the skipped the dishes yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing I think okay, of. Okay, focus, everyone. We're off We're off topic again. Ryan Gold's waiting on hold. But before we get to him, we need to take care of some business. Halford and Breath in the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Uh, hour three of the program, which we are now in the midst of, is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. You can visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Finally, back-to-school deals on the latest phones, plans, and much more are now on at Fido. Visit them in-store or also on the internet at fido.ca. Okay, we did it. You, you just really wanted to punch that up at the end, didn't you? Let's move on. Joining us now from your Vancouver Whitecaps, Ryan Gauld here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Morning. I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, we're good. Thanks for taking the time to do this. We appreciate it. So it's been a great run for you as of late. Uh, the Canadian Championship in which you were named MVP. Uh, you're coming off a week in which you were named to the MLS Team of the Week going into this match against Nashville. Um, I've got to think that you have to be happy with, one, your game in particular, but two, the number of players that have been slowly added to this club to get you guys where you are right now, which looks like a pretty effective unit, especially over the last couple of games. Yeah, I think um, personally, and you know, as a team, over the last um, couple of months, things have been improving. Um, and yeah, like you said, we've added a few very good signings now um, with Cubas, Gressel, and Shop. So, you know, the club's moving in the right direction, um, and you know, we're all we're all happy together, and we're all really focused just now on on making it to the playoffs. You know, as this push continues, the club is leaning on you in a variety of capacities. Uh, you've worn the captain's armband a couple of times, but uh, the production in terms of finding the back of the net, you're now on six goals for the season. Was finding the back of the net with more regularity something that you wanted to work on from year one to year two with the Whitecaps? Yeah, definitely. You know, I look to I look to try and improve as much as possible every year, and one of my main goals was to be more more productive in the final third. Um, no, I got off to a very slow start, and injuries and concussions, COVID didn't didn't help along the way. Um, but lately, I've been feeling good, and at the beginning of every season, I like to set myself the target of ten goals um, in the season, and there's still time to to achieve that. So hopefully, I can. Uh, Keep keep producing in the final third for the remaining games. Uh, I mentioned the leadership role, and you know when the club is, you know, they're in a playoff chase right now. They're above the line, as Vanny likes to say, but it's extremely tight. 
Um, and you're being leaned upon for the production and for finding the back of the net and for being a playmaker. But also at times you've worn the captain captain's armband. Is that something that's important to you to have that sort of symbol as being the leader and wearing that armband? Um, I, I'm not so sure. I would say it's something that's that's really important to me. I mean, it's an honor to to get the opportunity to wear the armband. But um, you know, we've in the squad we've got six or seven guys who are who are, um, you know, looked at as leaders and um, looked to help push the team on as much as possible. And, you know, to, to be considered as one of them, is it's an honour. And um, it, it doesn't really change too much, you know. Um, we know um, what, what we all expect of each other and um, what, we're, what we need from each other to be successful. So um, as long as we're all, um, you know, looking for the same from each other, then... Um, then it's a good place to start. We're speaking to Ryan Gold from the Vancouver Whitecaps here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Caps are back in action this weekend on Saturday uh, at BC Place against Nashville. Um, Ryan, uh, in that, it's been an interesting campaign because Max Crapo left under kind of shocking circumstances. And then it was supposed to be Thomas Hassall's job. Then he suffered a pretty significant injury, so it went all the way down to the third stringer, Cordy Cropper, who stepped in and performed admirably. Hassall is back now. And in that most recent match at RSL, uh, he was terrific. The saves he made were fantastic. And I got to imagine that for a position on the team, that going into the season there might have been some question marks. Both Cropper and Hassel had to have exceeded expectations, maybe internally. I'm curious to get your thoughts on how that goaltending position has played out this year. Yeah, I mean, um, to lose a player of, of Max Kippel's caliber, you know, it's it's tough because... You look. I would look at him as arguably the best goalkeeper in the MLS. So, um, you know, it was tough to lose him, but uh, Thomas was was more than ready to step in. And um, like you said, he's he's had it tough um, with his injury. Um, and then Cody Cropper came in, done really well. Um, Isaac Bomer even came in for a couple of days, and he yeah. uh, a couple of games. Sorry, and he had he had some good performances. Um, and yeah, like you said, Thomas was unbelievable um, in that last game, and he was also very solid in his in his first game back against Colorado um, the game before. So um, I'm delighted for him. He's he's a very hard worker, um, and you know the whole time he was injured, he remained positive, and um, he's came back and he, he looks like he's flying, and um, you know it's making the the void that. Max Kripple left um, very minimal. Uh, I got to ask you about your gaffer, Vanny Sartini, because I know you've played in a few different countries and you probably had a bunch of different managers in Scotland and then in Portugal, but we, we often joke that uh, there's probably only one Vanny and then they probably broke the mold after they made him, uh, ripping off his shirt you know, on the sidelines when you guys win the Canadian Championship. He's a character for sure. What's it like to be managed by Vanny? Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely unique in the terms of what I've had in managers before. But um, you know, he brings he brings a great enthusiasm, um, and you know, he gets the whole he gets the whole team on his side and willing to work for him. And uh, he he gets the team together, um, and he gets us all fighting for the same for the same objective, which is to reach the playoffs. And um, you know, it's it's easy enough to to play for 
uh, a manager who's who's that passionate and who motivates you like that. So um, he's been good fun to work with, and uh, hopefully, you know, we can all achieve the playoffs together. Do you feel like you're getting to know Vancouver now? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, especially in the summer now, um, with the sun coming out a little bit better, it's been a little bit better. Um, but me and me and my girlfriend, we both absolutely love the city. Um, you know, we're getting out, seeing as much places as possible, um, getting over to Vancouver Island and stuff. And yeah, it's just, it's an amazing city. That, what was there not to love? Uh, well, this city this weekend will be hosting Nashville as they come in. It's another game that is very pivotal for this playoff chase that you guys are currently in the midst of. Uh, set the table for the listeners here. What are you guys expecting from Nashville this weekend at BC Place? Uh, well, we played them just a few weeks ago in Nashville, um, and it was a tough game, but you know, we, we've seen where we can hopefully hurt them um, and where we need to be better as well. So, um, They're a very... They're a very good side. They've got arguably one of the top three players in the league at the moment. Um, so we'll need to do well to to defend against him. Um, and then, you know, we've got to hope for more of, like we had it against Colorado, we created a lot of chances um, and we were solid defensively. Um, so it's going to need to be more of the same, which is, it seems to be like our basic blueprint for the games is... Um, you know, a, sol- a decent attack and a solid defence. So we're going to have to be at the best of our game. We know that. Um, and hopefully we will be. Well, yeah, I hope as well because it's been a nice little run over the last couple of games. And, uh, again, every point matters now as the Whitecaps continue to chase down the playoffs. Hey, Ryan, thanks a lot for doing this today. We really appreciate it. Continue that good stretch of play on Saturday and best of luck against Nashville. Okay, thanks very much. Yep, thank you. We appreciate it. That's Ryan Gold uh, from the Vancouver Whitecaps here in the Halford and Brush on Sportsnet 650 uh, as a Whitecaps season ticket holder and paying probably more attention than most to yeah. the team. He has been terrific mm-hmm. this season. The it, The first part was like he alluded to, very spotty because he suffered the concussion and I think it took a longer than he expected to get back into form. But starting with that match against TFC, you were there. and yep. he, he was really dynamic mm-hmm. in that. And he's just kind of kept pushing it over and over and over again. And he's he's at the center of everything now production-wise. Like, if he's not scoring, like he scored the two against Colorado, he's setting up so the setting up goal. So the 1-1 draw they had at RSL, he was the one that whipped in the cross that Yulian Gressel headed home. Like he's doing more than just being the sort of, oh, there's the Scottish Messi. He's so tricky on the ball, yeah. and he's fancy to watch, and he's fun to watch run around. There's real tangible results at the end of it now. It's great for the Caps. What does the future hold for a guy like Ryan Gold? Uh, okay, I'll float this again. <laughs> I, I mentioned this once on our show, and then I went on the Avid Boat Sucker podcast with uh, Mike Martinego and Peter Galindo from Sportsnet. Never heard of Never the heard first of, guy. No, Never heard of no. the first guy. Anyway, point being, I've got this theory that I think I kind of dug out of some alternate theories like deep on like reddit forums mm-hmm. and d- deep twitter webs that my theory is that he's going on the mass singer that wasn't quite it okay okay you go with i think you'd give it away because his accent is so strong now right. does the mask singer sing or is let's he just not mad? get distracted <laughs> i i regret this my theory is that with the new fifa amendments to being able to represent national teams the part of his move to MLS was so that he could convert to being a Canadian international one day. I have absolutely <laughs> zero 
evidence. You know what? He he did say he likes Vancouver. See? Loves it. Loves it here. What's not to like, he said. Uh, I have absolutely zero evidence or sources, <laughs> anything to suggest that this might be not even a theory, but anything beyond my harebrained conspiracy, but... You should run for mayor in Surrey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not only am I going to build a 60,000-seat stadium, I'm going to get this wee Scotsman to play for Canada one day. I, I Look, I, the, the more the reason that I bring it up is that mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know how familiar we are with this, but FIFA has really redone the way that you can compete internationally. Right. The, it's a lot more open. It's, well, you, you can change. I think it's a three-year period of inactivity if you're not capped by your national program. Okay. And versus, and the the long running thing with Gauld is that he's always been out of the Scotland mix, despite the fact that Scotland really doesn't have a player like him. Mm-hmm. Now it's sort of a double edged sword. Like it's a good thing that he plays the way that he does because it's unique. But Scott, maybe that the Scottish gaffer wants we want Scotsmen, people that play the Scottish way. When, right? when, when you floated this theory to uh on this podcast with peter galindo and mike martinego what was their reaction to it because i want to know what the reaction to it from people that actually know what there was talking a, there about. was a very peaked curiosity and then they both quickly went to google when he would be available based <laughs> on the fifa really well because the, the move in itself when he first came on board the move to vancouver kind of caught people off guard right so like why at this stage of his career to vancouver yeah, like he was. He had a did he have a good thing going in Portugal? Is well, his he club was? got relegated, oh, and so by not the way, a good, good thing. Yeah. Well, he was great. Yeah, right. It, I mean, I remember talking to Mark DeSantos, and he mm-hmm. was saying like the guy was one of the preeminent playmakers in a good league in right. Portugal. Um, so were they in the top division? Yeah, like they were with Porto and yes. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Sporting Porto, yeah. Benfica, all mm-hmm. these. And I mean, ben, if you look at Benfica now, that is one of the top clubs in the world in terms of selling on talent everyone well, buys from okay Benfica. so so speaking of selling on right yeah i guess that's where the concern always is with if you're a whitecaps fan and there's a youngish player on the team you're like okay how long is he going to be here for yeah so i asked Gold about that the first interview i ever had with him remember i was like mm-hmm. is this a stepping stone for you because the relegation was obviously played a part in why he departed and by the way the whitecaps have actually done this a couple times now is they found really good, talented players that fit what they want to do that have been relegated, and that's right. their buy. So Andre Kubas was the same thing. Mm-hmm. His French league team got relegated, and then they were quick to buy. So I do wonder if that's part of their philosophy. Maybe. Now. But um, I asked Gold, I was like, do you, is this kind of a career pivot for you where he's obviously going to play a ton mm-hmm. in Vancouver? and He's going to be showcased. And he said no. Like he, I mean, I, I don't think he was going to say on his first – radio interview in Vancouver that he God, wants, I can't wait to be out of here. Right? Like, I don't think that's the approach that the media department told him to go with, but he seemed kind of genuinely committed mm-hmm. to staying here. And that was one in terms of the contract that he signed. But two, he said he talked to uh, another Scotsman, Johnny Russell, who plays for, God, I think it's Sporting KC. Who, and he's been over it playing in North America for a while. And he said, Russell told me that it's, it's great. Like, they love it, right? MLS or yes. Vancouver? MLS, but oh, he okay. said Vancouver, like when you get there, mm-hmm. you're going to love it. Right. Right. Because it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's no KC, but it's. I, I think, no, it's no KC, right? <laughs> I mean, you can't match all the amenities of Kansas City. Right. But I think part of it was um, he had a chance to be the guy, right? Over a period of time. I mean, if, if, I, was to, if I was to say Vancouver Whitecaps, the current edition, mm-hmm. I said, who's the, who's the fa- who would be the face of this team over the last decade? You'd have a pretty hard time coming up with one particular guy, right? 
one particular <laughs> player. I honestly would. Yeah. A lot of people would because yeah. there hasn't been one. It would almost be Alfonso Davies. He, yeah, he that's, that's a totally that valid answer. Right? A lot of people would say Russell Tybert because he's been here from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But he, I mean, all due respect to the guy, he's often more maligned, not often, almost all the time more maligned than he is celebrated as a player. Yeah. So there's a, I think there was a, a variety of different circumstances. But right now, what you're seeing with him is a guy that's driving the bus and he's the engine of the team. And. He's great to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, he's very entertaining to watch. But now, like I said, it's beyond just being a tricky little guy on the ball. He's actually kind of carrying the team on his back and making things happen when they need it to happen. Are there any players that come over from Europe and they're good players and they just spend the rest of their careers in MLS and are happy about it? A handful, right? Like um, the guy, uh, his name's escaping me now. Freddie Montero, who played right. here. Like he came, he came to He's kind of a staple in MLS. Well, he was a staple in Seattle. Like it always felt yeah. like he, it's like because that's where he had his most success. And mm-hmm. you know, it, so there have been a handful of guys. The league is going in a million different directions with player signings, and I'm telling you right now, the way that money is being spent in the Premier League and not being spent in a lot of the other high end domestic leagues, there's a lot of guys saying, "I'm you know." I want my money, mm-hmm. but if I'm not going to get it, maybe I'm going to go live in a place like Miami or, right. you know, Vancouver, for example, Vancouver mm-hmm. or somewhere else where the quality of life is pretty good. Like, there's a reason that Bale and Chiellini and Chicharito all went to Los Angeles. Yeah, it's cool to be in LA. It's cool to be, you know, yeah. it's a, a guy, and that's why the guys are signed in New York, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the, those are big landing spots, and they have the benefit of going around and not being pestered constantly or right. having throngs of people throwing themselves at the front of their bus and you know having tons of media in front of them it's a very it's a very relaxed environment in that regard uh let's do some quick what we learns uh from us and then we'll turn it over to the humanoids in the next segment uh texting your what we learns into the dunbar lumber text line at 650 650 we've still we, we need some more quality ones I, I i'll be honest with you i've read a few of the what we learns in there I just expect more from our listeners. There's Are we going to do ours? A, the, yeah, we can do ours right now. Okay. I'm just I'm just calling out the listeners right now. Just like sure. people that have sent them in, they're okay. There's a lot of, uh, there's some hacky Phil Kessel jokes in there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, come on guys, let's, let's be better. Let's actually be funny here. If you want free tickets, you got to give her. Yeah. Give her. Yeah. yeah. Don't drop the be better. Full um, send, as the kids say. Full send. Or you what? Talk, full send? Full send. <laughs> The youth are saying that? Yeah. Deadass? Deadass. <laughs> okay. Is uh, there a podcast called Full Send or are there some- Probably. Uh, isn't, yeah. isn't, isn't there a popular, uh, aren't they like kind of the new age pranksters or something called Full Send? You, you Google that up, Grandpa, and see, yeah. what, <laughs> see what we got. Full Send podcast. <laughs> oh, it's that uh, what, Nelk? They're Canadian, aren't they? Nelk, yeah. The Nelk boys? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. That's a spinoff of that. I know things. Yeah, yeah, you just said, you? when you Google them. Grandpa knows things. No, it said Full Send Podcast hosted by Nelk. And I was like, I recognize Nelk. All right. So there we go. Okay, what's your what we learned? Now that we've called out the, you told the audience to be better. Did you do that ironically? No, I think I just I just did it. Okay. I just wanted them to be better. Stay classy. Uh, you stay classy. You stay classy. Uh, the Champions League draw is right after our show. Mm-hmm. And if Andrew in Victoria wasn't uh, angry with all that Whitecaps talk, then- <laughs> Let me tell you, we're going to keep talking about it. Sorry, Andy. Um, so 
Who is the favorite right now in the Champions League? Is it Man City? Same old, same, same old. old. PSG? Nah, well, they've <laughs> PSG's reputation is basically, how are they going to fall short this time? Right? They may, now, don't get me are, wrong. Are they, they Vegas? Are they the Vegas Golden Knights? Kind well, of a new, kind of a new team. PSG is pretty new. They yeah, sp- yeah. splash some money around. I don't hate the comparison. Okay, as, this, it's, it's on par with Dion Phaneuf as Harry Maguire. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> They're the Dallas Cowboys of. No, no, no. no, no the no, Dallas no, no, Cowboys no. have that's a wrong. storied history. Yeah, Dallas Cowboys have won stuff. PSG has won. PSG in France isn't like a historic club. They don't have a long lineage. They don't have a, a fan base that dates back like centuries and decades or whatever. They're kind of a new, rich, a nouveau riche, as they would say in France. Mm-hmm. And they've just spent gobs of money. Uh, Vegas is a decent uh, a decent comparison there. Anyway, although they made it to the Champions League final a couple of years ago, uh, just perennially underachieving, although they've gotten off to an amazing start in the French League this year. City's right there. I think Bayern. I've mentioned Bayern a few times, yeah. like super bad, fastest kid on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like They are stupid fast and they are blowing away um it, again early days in, in the bundesliga but they're blowing away the opposition right four now. english teams man city liverpool chelsea and spurs liverpool's uh, a mess four <laughs> italian teams milan juventus inter and napoli yep two scottish teams rangers, rangers just qualified and yes. celtic rangers just qualified yesterday i remember i was talking about that rangers ps uh PSV PSV Eindhoven. yes yeah, they won that one nil I think it's our first time they're in the Champions League in over a decade, Rangers. So, yeah, that's uh, two Scottish teams in the Champions League. What an advertisement for Scottish football. Ryan Gold earlier, and now two Scottish teams in the Champions League. Anyway, so that draw happens at 9 a.m. this morning. Mook, how that? Uh, I'll do a quick what we learned. It's actually uh, Chayton and Surrey. This I, I mentioned this yesterday, but I told Jay that I'd reiterate it today. So, hashtag WWL, what we learned. Chayton writes, uh, it's hip-hop night at the Nat which is awesome since hip-hop and sports go so well together and should be done more often, especially at Canucks games. Now, uh, we mentioned the format earlier. So I think he said he's going to start with King Tim, going all the way back to the early days, the founders of hip-hop back in the late 70s, early 80s. He's going to run it. Each inning is going to kind of progress through the decades or the years, and it's going to finish with like Kendrick Lamar. I, I thought it always just started with Grandmaster Flash. Like that was the rule. There was a hand. Always go back to Grandmaster Flash. Grandmaster Flash is widely regarded as one of, but there was yeah. a like Cool Modi and mm-hmm. all, and then of course like King Tim and there, there's a there's a bunch of like the early God the forefathers of of it. But you're right. Our listeners are like, of course, King Tim. Yes. Right. Yeah. But Gra- but Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, like that's obviously right there with all of the the architects and the pioneers, right? So that's what's happening tonight. At the Nat, get your tickets, support our good buddy Jay Swing, and support a night of hip-hop throughout. Uh, that's what we learned from me, Mukau. Thank you very much. Let's uh, take a quick break. We'll reset. We'll come back. It's your chance to be on the radio. It's your chance to win Lions tickets. It's your chance to win Vancouver Canadians tickets. Get your what we learned, and as Jason said, make them better. Be better. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. On a Thursday. Happy Thursday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. I forgot to mention it's Delari's five days to save. 
We are on day four. August 23rd to 27th only. $500 gas card. $500 in gasoline with every pre-owned vehicle purchase. Go to BerardAcura.ca. You can check out their pre-owned inventory. And then, should you purchase one of these vehicles, boom, $500 in gas. Pretty good deal. Alfred Breath of the Morning is also brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. You can visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Finally, earlier in the week, we spoke with uh, David St. James, who's the president of Little Mountain Baseball. Little Mountain, of course, was down at the Little League World Series in Williamsport. They were on ESPN. They got off to a 2-0 start. Then we had David James on, and they lost to Mexico. Actually, they lost to Mexico. We had David James on, then they thought out of the tournament to curse out. We are now Little League Baseball Central, because I got a request to shout out another team from our neck of the woods that is on his way to a big competition. So there's another Little League team. It's the U13 District 6 All-Stars. So I coach in District 6 with Hastings. Okay. They are on their way to Windsor, Ontario. Actually, they're already there. They landed yesterday to compete in the Canadian Championships. I know a bunch of the kids on the team. I know a bunch of the parents on the team. So they are on their way to win a Canadian Baseball Championship in Windsor, Ontario, taking on all the teams from all the provinces. So give them hell, the D6 Saints, as they are now. I guess that's their team name, the Saints from District 6. The D6 Saints. Yeah, which is actually a pretty cool name. Uh, That is cool. Yeah, sounds like a gang. (laughs) Anyway. With the D6 Saints. (laughs) Yeah, go there and take that gold medal, bring it back to BC. They play today at 1130 in the morning, our time in Windsor, Ontario. Okay, that's it. What do we got to do? What we learned, right? Let's print out these submissions into the Dunbar Lumber text line. Table saw James, what we learned. So the guys that vehemently hate being told to be better have no problem telling other people to be better. How's the view from up there looking down on the peasants? It's, it's great. It's, it's awesome. great. I love it. You peons. Awesome. You peons. If I, if There's I, no hostility, bro. I look down on all of you listeners and... Ugh. <laughs> Not even a word, just a sound. It's <laughs> disgusting. Um, Neil and Burnaby, what we learned, what we learned is the silver lining for the BC Lions and Nathan Rourke's injury is that he will be back next year and not taken up by an NFL team. I don't think I'm ready to go to the silver lining. Not yet. Not yet. I'm still pretty... Bu- I don't even think he's had surgery yet. You got to wait a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm still, still bummed out about Nathan Rourke's injury. Um I need, no, to especially jump, I need to jump in as soon as you're done, by the way, because I, I have a very apropos follow-up. Here. Okay, follow-up yeah. now. Um, we have a, uh, a list Frank epidemic. List Frank. Oh, bad things come in threes. So first there was Matt Corral. Yep. Uh, the quarterback. The recently drafted quarterback of the Carolina Panthers in the NFL. He, he, he messed up his Liz Frank and he's done for the year. And then it was Nathan Rourke for the BC Lions. Yep. Uh, what's the third one? Well, this is probably, all due respect to those two quarterbacks, this is probably the biggest one of them all. Yeah. Chet Holmgren. Skinny Chet from Gonzaga, oh. the number two overall pick in the NBA to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Tore, uh, messed up his Liz Frank. I guess it's a tear, right? Is that it? Is it a tear? Is it a fracture? I don't Anyway, let's call it a, a busted Liz Frank. That's yeah. the kind of in-depth medical analysis you get from Halbro. Mm-hmm. Uh, he suffered the injury while trying to defend LeBron James in Jamal Crawford's Pro-Am tournament earlier this week. Now, they had to cut that game short because of condensation on the court. There was just too many people, and it, was, it looked like a high school gym or yeah. a community college yeah. gym. Yeah. Um, 
but the tournament organizers are saying they did it, it wasn't because of the condensation on the court. No, I watched the play. He was um, just trying to defend LeBron. He landed funny. So J and OK Falls um, sent this one. Did you read this one? What we learned: Chet Holmgren tore ligaments in his foot while playing in a pro am game in Seattle over the weekend. Will we soon see NBA teams prohibit their players from playing in games like these, like a pro-am game? Yeah. So it wasn't just the pros out there. I guess they give other good basketball players or the ams. Yeah, they give ams a chance at it. Ams, yeah. Like any, like, can you pay so, to play in this game? So there, like, I, you know what? I have confidence that I can defend LeBron James. Nope, I was wrong. There's a big, um, th- and I've noticed this more recently. Is there's a big. Uh, off-season presence with like the Drew League, which is a league that's been, it's like, it's kind of f- famous for being something, a summer run that it, like NBA players would informally participate in. And they seem to get more and more formal and everyone's got this kind of like summer run thing going on. And Jamal Crawford had, his is a little different. It was more of a charity, tournament. isn't it? Yeah. But the, the same idea applies that you've seen more and more high profile guys go and play. Mm-hmm. Right. And this I don't think that one's going to lead to the other. The reality is, is that um, all these guys play basketball all the time. They yeah. they do right. I, I I get that this might be a little different because it was more organized. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like some unofficial run. But that's a Clay Thompson. Remember when he he blew out his uh, um, ACL for the second time? He was just having a summer workout. Yeah, and he just. I mean, it's it going to happen. The, right? the, the crappy thing with Holmgren is that. Now this is my very loose interpretation. Maybe basketball Phil can clarify this for me, but. In the in the showings that he's had, it seems like he's doing way more things than he ever did at Gonzaga. That maybe the system and the style and the way that they played didn't really accentuate just how talented he is at Gonzaga. Because I remember watching him, and I was like, it feels like this guy should be dominant to a degree that we haven't seen, but it just didn't really come out in Gonzaga, especially in the March Madness tournament. Mm-hmm. So people were really excited about him playing. Right? They're like this. I mean, he's the number two overall pick. Right. He could be. I mean, he's such a uniquely shaped athlete. Yeah. You don't see a lot of guys like that, right? And the skill set that he has, he's an unbelievably skilled for being so tall and so lanky. But he's done now for the year. That's it. Uh, Eastside Akeem, what we learned. I have three boys under six, and what I learned this summer is that soccer is the best toddler sport to watch as a parent, and it's not even close, unless you're into total chaos. In that case, it's T-ball. Oh, yeah. T-ball is just a series of overthrows. Uh, it's also just a series of kids having no idea what's going on. No, None. No. And no, then when no, they- No when, clue. And then the brief moment Has where there ever actually click, been anyone thrown out in a T-ball oh, game? Oh, yeah. And when it happens, it is complete euphoria from everybody. <laughs> Players, parents, coaches, everyone is just so relieved. But then you know what You know what also happens? The player that, got, that gets thrown out cries. Yep. Because they know I'm that out. They, they've done a rarity. They did a bad. <laughs> That's it. Like we, when we coach the kids that we coached this year were 11. Right. Right. It was an 11 selects team. And the, the ball players are pretty good. Like they know what they're doing. There's like, they understand where cuts should go through in the infield. Like it's pretty decent sure. baseball. Right. But I mean, I coached first base and I would always get on. I'm like, we are going to be stupidly aggressive when we're running because I'm like, consider the sequence of events that has to happen for an 11 year old to throw you out. Yeah. There needs to be an outfielder that can throw through second, a second base cutoff. The second base cutoff needs to catch that and then deliver another good throw to the bag. That kid needs to catch the ball and make a tag 
all while the chaos of like people screaming. It's like winning the lottery and if all can, those things happen. I'm like, you could be out by 10 feet and there's still a chance that someone's dropping it or throwing it wrong. Do you know what happened at the Seas game the other day? There was a little league error. And I imagine that most people who have played outfield. What happened? Um, this has happened to them because it's a learning experience, except this happened by a professional baseball player. Okay. Um, it was a, it looked like a lazy fly ball to right field. Okay. The fielder charged in. Oh no. And then was like, wait a minute. It's not that lazy. I've gone too far. <laughs> I've gone too far. And yeah. it went way over his head. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I remember I used to do that. And the coach would always say, you know, what the rule is, you take two steps back yep. before you start charging in because that's when you get into trouble. Now, I don't know if he lost it in the lights. It was dusk mm. by then. But to to actually watch it in professional baseball, it was like the whole crowd was like, oh, oh, well, well, that was interesting. What you, happened there? You know what happens if you drill that into the kids too much, though? You have what we had this year, which was the least aggressive outfield in baseball <laughs> history. I watched a kid, there, a, a, a fly ball dropped like nine inches in front of him because I right. think he was terrified of it. Go- I'm like, come on! Like, you can't. I think I think I, actually, I probably yelled something that was like borderline, you shouldn't go there. But I was, yeah. you know, I was like, come on. Like, you got to be kidding me. We right? are getting a real clear, like, idea of your coaching style, yeah. by the way. How yeah. old was this kid? 11. Oh, boy. You can't let a ball die in front of you yeah, like I that. I feel like you mentally abused. <laughs> he didn't hear me. I was like, it was me sitting on a bucket outside of the dugout. This child will be talking to a quiet, therapist about quiet you. Quietly nursing, yeah. right? Yeah. But, you know, you got to be aggressive, but you can't be too aggressive. Yeah. And then tell that to an 11-year-old and be like, now figure it out on the fly when there's a lot <laughs> yeah, of pressure on you. There's a ball in the air. You got to <laughs> catch it. You got to catch it. Hey! Hey, are you going to be aggressive or not? The ball's in the air. Figure it out. I remember there were definitely times in Little League, especially when I played like on an all-star team where I was like, don't hit it to me. I don't want the ball. Hit it, hit it somewhere else. Just not to me. That was that that went to show I was not a ball player. Yeah. Uh, Craig, with what we learned, live golf is the best thing for the PGA Tour with how they are now changing the landscape. Tiger and Rory's collaboration with Stadium Golf, uh, interesting for sure. I don't think anyone can deny that live golf has forced the PGA Tour to make some changes. Um, Phil, we, Phil Mickelson was right on he just, certain things. He just. Again, what Phil said was, I realize all the terrible things that Saudi Arabia has done, but I'm using this to get leverage on the PGA Tour. Yeah, like that's and what he was it, right about. He got leverage on the PGA Tour. Like he did, but it was kind of like, yeah, but is, is it worth it, right? Well, like, the, the other question would be, that? Well, like, the other you, question can be would... you can be right, but also morally wrong at the same time, right? Wouldn't the question be, is there another way, Phil? Yeah. If that is ultimately your goal, to gain leverage over the PGA Tour, is there another way? Because that was kind of the inherent flaw in everything that he was doing was he made it very clear that he wasn't even on board with the way he was doing it. Yeah. You know? And that it, that's what made it very, very uncomfortable. It was that quote. That yeah, I, that I, know, quote that I know. I know. I know exactly right? which one. Uh, here is Rob and Surrey with a What We Learned. Hashtag WWO What We Learned. What I've learned is that Jason is not wrong about how disgusting being inside a big arena or stadium is on a hot summer night. I was at the Backstreet Boys concert. How about that, eh, bruv? The Backstreet Boys concert. Rob was with his fiance last night. He said the couple beside them worked their way through five double-fisted rounds of beers, and their stench got progressively worse <laughs> as the night 
<laughs> went on. Yeah. So Rogers Arena doesn't normally get too, too hot, though, because, I mean, they have air conditioning in there. He just said it was, I mean, I guess it, it was. was a hot concert. Maybe. I mean, who's. Backstreet th- Boys can still bring it. Yeah. They can still bring the heat. Yeah. That's, so you're going to see Elton John. Yeah. When is that? October. So, you know, the weather probably won't be as big of an issue. Mm-hmm. But could you imagine if that was going, like, yesterday, I mean, it's been muggy. The last right. little while. And you, we we were in BC. Were you there too, Dom, for the yeah, Canadian Championship? There was. Yeah, like it was hot. It was uncomfortable. It was, it was uh, you walked in and it, and it hit you. Yeah. Before like the sort of odors and smells mm-hmm. took over. It was just, it was really hot. And you noticed it right away. It's actually hotter than I remember it before the retractable roof. Right. Like, well, because there was fans constantly. Fans constantly. Air, maybe right? there were. Maybe there was. There was just more air movement. Yeah. Remember when you used to? Oh, they when you would exit and they would open the doors and you just basically get blown out of the stadium. Correct. Yeah, that was kind of awesome, actually. You're like, you can do this, but you got to sign this waiver first before you leave the stadium. Uh, what we learned: mm-hmm. the Nelk boys are apparently referred to as the quote-unquote new age pranksters. LOL. Not sure if people under 50 say prankster these days. What do you, like, what do you mean prankster? If you Google Nelk boys prank, yeah, like isn't that what they do? That's I don't what, know much about them. Okay, I, I'm gonna have to start siloing off social media influencers because there's obviously there's a large section of the pranksters, right? That's one category altogether. They run around and yeah, do terrible crap to people and then laugh about it. Uh, then there's the the guys and gals that live in the houses. You've seen those ones, right? They rent, they they Airbnb a, a mansion for a few months, and then you just basically get to watch them live. Like they do their own. Um, yeah, those don't find their way onto my social media. Their own feed. reality TV. Yeah, yeah, they made their own reality TV, basically. Yeah, so there's that. Um, and then I'm trying to think. I, I don't know what other genres there are. I guess there's dancers, Jackson Mahomes, like that sort of thing, where you just do dances, dances? for no other reason than some of the dances are pretty good, I guess. Yeah, some of them. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Am I missing a category? I think I covered it. I think I ran the gamut there. That's I it. Oh, dude. Yeah. You don't know? No. You're on the TikTok. Also, it's nice to watch you flounder. Don't you? You open up like cards or baseball pack cards and stuff, don't you? On, I on did. On TikTok? I did. During the so that was your yeah, thing. That was yeah. My thing. So you actually did that? Yeah. It was just on From what year? When, whenever the pandemic began, I was like, oh, I'm just going to No, get no, no. I know. I, I realized. But what year New were the cards. baseball oh, cards? It was 2020. New, New cards. cards. Oh, okay. Yeah. And oh. basketball cards are just baseball. Uh, right. Basketball, baseball. I did hockey. Because that's a whole subgenre yeah. as well, right? Because yeah. the cards have had such a renaissance. Mm-hmm. Like people reinvesting back in them, right? So that that's a whole genre as well. Right. I would watch someone open old hockey cards. Like, that's oh, Rick, Rick Zombo. <laughs> Finally, finally a Rick Zombo. Um, there's something over the Labor Day long weekend. There's one of those like trade shows that's coming to Burnaby and North. I got a flyer for it. That's how old school this is. <laughs> uh, in the mailbox, and I was like, "Oh, look!" And it's got um, it's at, they're doing gold, old coins, old Canadian denominations, which are out of circulation. Okay, the bills, um, and then a ton of cards, a ton of cards, and they're buying and selling at the same time. So I guess it's one of those big sort of like roving. Are you going to bring your Eric Lindros rookie card? <laughs> no, I don't have any of like the really old, 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 like 50s, 60s, 70s cards. Well, that right? wasn't the, that wasn't the, that was in the eighties or Eric Lindros. Lin, yeah. But the Lindros, the Lindros card isn't like a super rarity. No, I know. I'm they joking were, because yeah. they made so many of them. People yeah. are like, I'm going to hold on to this one. The now, Eric like, Lindros card, which was awesome. And I don't think there was that many. is the one where he was taking batting practice with the Blue Jays. 
Oh, Do you remember that, that one? I want, it was either a Donruss card or an upper deck card. I can't remember what, but that was one. Uh, and then, of course, closer to Vancouver, the one that everyone remembers is the Pavel Burry and Rollerblades. Oh, it's my oh, favorite. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. That's my most va- well, it's worthless, but it's my <laughs> most favorite. It is. It isn't, it, is worth, I know. it isn't worth anything. I used to do a trading card show on another station, and we would always have a trading card guy. He runs a trading card yeah. company come mm-hmm. on and give us the values of stuff. And he's like, yeah, that Burry card is worth nothing. Worst card ever. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This card is worthless. Well, because it is, because there's so many in print, but it is still the coolest card in existence. It is, yeah. That there's, and there's an intrinsic value to that when you totally. remember it. And totally. I, I guarantee you there's a bunch of people listening right now that are like, I had 90 of those cards. I have the entire 1993-94 Canucks card set from Upper Deck and that is still the Canucks roster I I, I know the most. 93-94? Yeah, the, one, yeah. The, the Rangers Cup one. Like That's the one yeah. I know the most just because of that hard, hockey card set. I'll never yeah. forget it. It'll well, stick with me forever. I was cleaning up my garage the other day and you know what? I, I forgot I had it. I have a Brian Bradley game-used stick with all the guys, I think it was the 87-88 team. Yeah. So it has Krutov's signature on it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. It's actually, it's and the, the stick weighs, I'm not kidding, like 37 pounds. <laughs> it is. I can't believe you played in a game with it. It is the most archaic technology. It's like Brian Bradley carved it himself, like yeah. Wonder Bat. Like, Those guys is, were so strong back then. Yeah. Like, I'm like, how did you play with this Dave thing? Dave Babbage strong. Yeah. They, Dave you, Babbage. Bradley, score a goal. Yeah and, yeah, and he did. He went out and scored with this very heavy wooden stick. I, I still maintain that. The greatest hockey card I have ever seen is Jim Benning's card. Yes. With the description on the back, and all it says is, Jim is a bachelor. I've thought about this (laughs) so many times. And I was like, why would you put a factoid that can change at a moment's notice on Jim the card? Jim is a bachelor. If Jim goes to Vegas one you're insinuating that. If Jim goes to Vegas one night, he can wake up no longer being a bachelor. I don't it's know like, why you would put that on It's there. like they interviewed him for the card, and you're just like, so tell us something about yourself, Jim. Well, like, I'm a bachelor. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he and said, then left the room. The guy at Opeachy is like, who cares? Just put it on the card. We got to fill it some white space. Okay, Uh, Dustin from Abbey Uh, what we learned I've learned that I don't miss Brooks or Bryson or any of those live guys like I thought I would there's so many good players on the PGA Tour uh, that golf will continue to mint new stars Uh, yeah there are still I'm I'm really looking forward to watching the Tour Championship Uh, you know cheering for Corey Connors he's he's well back Mm mm-hmm because of the way they do hasn't this, even started yet. Well, I guess tournament. it has now, but he's way back. Um, you know, S- uh, Scotty Scheffler and Tony Finau, and uh, God, who's who's number one? Or I think Scotty Scheffler might be number one. Is there um, a particular guy like currently that you follow? Not necessarily because he's like number one golf rankings, or you know, on a heater tour wise. Like, is there is there a player that you watch? Not really. Like his personality, or you like his style of play, or you like his story? I like Rory. Yeah. I'm a big Rory fan. Um, I like Justin Thomas, um, which is rare because I normally don't like the American golfers. Sure. Traditionally, I've liked the European golfers, especially obviously the English golfers, because I like the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. Like, I came to like Ian Poulter. He went to live golf. He sure did. I liked Lee Westwood. He went to live golf. Um, I don't hold it against those guys, though, because they're at the end of their careers. They um, just, what happened you know. to Jason Day? Wasn't Jason Day on top question. of the world for a while there? Yeah, yeah. some guys just... I mean, I've seen it before, right? He struggled yeah. with vertigo, right? Did he? Yeah. 
Is yeah. that the same thing that happened to David Duvall? There was another guy that was at the top of the golf world. Yeah, the go- golf screws you up. Yeah, right. I, like, I, I, mentally, it can screw you well, up. I'm and aware. if you and if you run into injuries, like Anthony Kim just left. Remember him? Oh yeah, AK. Yeah, he's got he's got an he interesting story. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got the belt buckles. I forgot, forgot about him. Buckles. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. It, 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 when you see these guys, um, and some like Jason Day, I can't remember which major it was. I feel like it was a PGA at some point. Just absolutely dominated the tournament. Looked like the greatest golfer ever. And, you know, you watch him play, he's like, this guy will never lose again. Brooks Kepka got to that point too, where at majors, he was so, so good, mm. right? You're like, this guy's going to win so many majors. And it doesn't happen because you just, you just lose whatever that groove you were in. You're still a good golfer, but you lose that magic that you had. It just goes to show you how special someone like Tiger Woods was or Jack Nicholas was to maintain that greatness throughout the years. Uh, Marty the Red with what we learned, and it's a nice counterbalance to all the horror stories we've talked about. You know, hot and unpleasant venues for sporting events and music. Marty the Red, what we learned: the Peony Amphitheater is a really nice place for a concert. Cake was fantastic last night. Great weather and good vibes all around. I, I'm so disappointed I didn't go. You like cake? I love cake. Oh, he loves the Agro Tour. I love the Agro Tour. Right, I love when your career gets to the point where you're at the local county fair. Like, I think that's that's, that's a good true. venue, though. I've seen, I've, yeah, I've seen. Yeah. A few aren't shows they? Re- there. They're revamping it too, aren't yeah. they? Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah, they are revamping it. Yeah, yeah. I've um, seen three or four shows there. They've all been excellent. Yeah, uh, but I sixty thousand seat. Doug McCallum. The, gonna gonna the Canucks are going to play there. Yeah, um, I do like cake a lot. They're, the band as well. Oh yeah, God, I love cake. Um, they make good music too. No, um, I was and I was disappointed. I didn't go. Part of the reason that I sometimes don't go is I get a little anxious about having an awful night. Like I'll get home too later. I'll have like an awful night's sleep and then I'll come in and be even worse at my job. Right. Yeah. So, but I remember I didn't, I, I passed on a free ticket to go see, uh, the Pixies and Weezer. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. And I've regretted it ever since. That's a lineup. Yeah, I know. I've regretted it ever since. Like it was, it was such a bad And decision. now ironically that keeps them up at night. Yeah. Just thinking about the, the the good times that I lost, I lost out on. Cause, so now, if you guys invite me to anything the night before a show, I'm there. The nice thing about living right next to the Malcolm Bowl is I could always hear every band perfectly. That oh yeah, there. that is good. That like is a, a good. But the Killers played there when I first moved here, and I, I was pretty felt like I was there. Like the sound was just so clear. Like I almost feel like I'm stealing right now. Shut your windows. Or <laughs> <laughs> Make a complaint. Call the police. <laughs> yeah, he's yelling, "Keep it down, cake." Bill from Buffalo, what we learned. Oh, for 200 in attempts now. Uh, I will still listen, though, because you guys are so hilarious. Dang. And Bill, now you're one for 201. That's cool that he's from Buffalo. Are you currently in Buffalo? Eh, it's a 604 number, so I don't uh, think he's actually not. from Buffalo. But Did I we think. give away the tickets already? Okay, can you say who won them? Apparently, people are getting ticked because we didn't say who won them yesterday. Yeah, everyone was lighting up the inbox yesterday. Who won the tickets? Well, yesterday, it was Kyle and East Van and Jeremy and Langley. Today's okay. winners, the C's tickets, Akeem in Vancouver, Lions tickets, Scott in Coquitlam. Congratulations. Congratulations to all of our winners. Halford and Bruff, the show that gives back to the listeners. we got to get out of here for today, as the sounds and music suggest. But we will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's an Ask Us Anything Friday. So start getting those in. Hell, you can start doing it now if you want. 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. You can literally ask us anything. We'll answer them tomorrow. But for now, today, we got to get out of here. Signing off, I have been Mike Halford. He has been Jason Bruff. He's been Nephew Dom. He's been A-Dog. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.